Welcome to the Arena Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. We've been going through this series, haven't we? This is us and who we are, what we're about. Yeah, you may have been here for years and it's maybe just a recap. You know, we've had a bit of a, a pandemic, you may have noticed, and it's, it's sort of distracted a little bit from who we are, but the purpose has remained that what we're all about is still there and it's still true. You may be new here, you know, there might be some new faces and, and we just want to reaffirm that this is what we're about and it's what we won't stop being about. Who likes a nature program? Does anybody like nature programs? I like nature programs. I like all that sort of stuff, the exciting things, you know. Um, I, I like the more dangerous things, I suppose. Maybe that's the, the bloke in me, I don't know. But I like the sharks and the, the things about tigers and those sort of things. All the detail that you see today's, uh, in today's camera work, all the slow motion and, and, and what have you. have you. Have you ever seen a film called Free Solo? No? Oh, what? Seriously? Right, it's, it's a documentary about this climber called Alex Honnold, right? And he, he, he wanted to climb this, um, this rock face in Yosemite. You've heard of Yosemite in the States? Big, spectacular rock formations that's flat. And he wanted to climb this, um, this face. It's, it goes up for miles, literally. And, and he wanted to do it without a rope. And it's all about him doing that. And it's a sweaty palm kind of moment. But the spectacular scenery that you see on that film is amazing. And I love to see it all in, in, in its glory, if you like. It is so fascinating to me. And, and as a Christian, as a Bible-believing Christian guy, I believe in creation. We believe as a church in creation that there was a God who created the earth. And the Bible starts with these Four very important words in Genesis 1, verse 1. And it says this. It says, in the beginning, God. In the beginning, God. So there was a start there. There was a start from nothing, that he created something. And that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And it's phenomenal to see what that even looks like. And I take creation literally, the, the fact that he, he made this, this globe, this, this world, that he cast the stars out into space, he separated the earth and the lands, and he, he filled it with, with, with various life forms and, and plants and fishes and all this stuff and the seasons that we get. It's, it was amazing. It is amazing. Could you imagine to be there at that very first day, if you like, just to see this creation in all its glory? And, and I don't want to sort of dwell on creation because I know there might be people here who think slightly differently about it. And we're not here to debate how it actually happened. I take it literal as a seven-day event, that God did it in seven days. Because in my mind and in my heart, that if he didn't do that and it was something he, he cast into motion and it took all these thousands and millions of years, it takes away his divinity from me. It takes away his power from me. And I believe that he is the all-knowing, the all-seeing, the all-powerful God that can do anything that he chooses to do. He created the heavens and the earth and he cared about it. He cared about it. He cared about every nook and cranny of it in the darkest depths of the jungles to right here in Ilkeston. He cares about the world, and he wanted to see it do well. You know, there's a lot in the news at the moment, isn't there, about the environment and, and how, you know, how we're, we're killing the world and the earth. And, and yes, we, we need to be taking care of it. 
Greta, um, what's her name, Greta Thunberg is on a mission to to basically preach her gospel of we need to to take action. I think one of her her lines is that she doesn't want to to, to bring about hope. She doesn't want us to get hopeful about stuff. She wants us to panic like our house is on fire. So she wants us to take action. And I believe that, yes, we are supposed to take care of the world. But I believe in a God who is the Alpha and the Omega. He's the beginning and the end. And if there is to be an end to this world, it will be because he says so. Not because of our actions in a world. Yes, there are things we do that we can do better, that we can look after it better. But he will be the one who decides when it all packs in, if there is going to be a pack in. But then there's one final ingredient he brought to the, this world, this creation that he, he made. It was us. It was man and it was woman. And they were perfect in every way and how we, we've got all these digits and how we can speak and think and our, our brains work. And it's phenomenal to see just how we are as people when you think about it. How do our eyes even work? I'm not medical. I don't know how this stuff, you know, I, believe, I know how cameras work. Uh, Morgan's taking pictures. I know how that works. It transfers into pictures. But how does this lump of meat see stuff and think and, and have these emotions and care about stuff? It's phenomenal how God has created us. And he gave us one job. He gave man and woman, Adam and Eve, one job to do, which was to look after the, 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 the Garden of Eden. Look after it. Do that. And then he also gave them one thing that he didn't want them to do. <laughs> to take from the tree of knowledge and life, of good and evil. We're rubbish at that, aren't we? We're rubbish at that. All the presents are in that room up there. You can go in any other room you want to, but don't look in that room. Who knows what I'm saying? I remember once speaking to Helen's mom about presents that she was buying for Helen. Uh, we were in a room, and, and, and Helen, I don't know where she was. Well, we soon found her because we were talking about, well, yeah, it's just, you know, blah, 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 blah. And we opened the door, and she fell in. <laughs> we can't help ourselves, can we? If you can't go into something, you're curious about it, you want to know, but, but the devil's a deceiver, the devil's a liar, and he will, will, will tempt and he will prompt you in, in ways that we, we shouldn't be prompted in. One job to do and sin into the world in that one bite. It wasn't so much the taking of the fruit of the bite, the action of, of taking it. And it, in that instant, boom, it all crumbled sort of the integrity of the world where we had a pain-free world, pain entered the world, heartache, the ability to fight with one another, kill one another, entered the world that it wasn't supposed to be there. And that's why we have this verse in the Bible that that tells us because of, of what one person did, we inherited sin. The Bible says in Romans 3 verse 23 that for all have sinned and fallen short, of the glory of God. By default, we inherit this sin. The Bible describes it as a fleshly thing. It's the flesh within us that is always tempted. It always wants to do the things that is contrary, contrary to God's world. But God had a plan in all of this. God was going to provide us a, a way and a hope. He knew that he was going to have to send his son 
the only one who could bring an atonement, the only one that was good enough to be able to, to pay the price for the sin that, that we would commit, that we would carry out. And he was put to death for a crime he, he didn't commit. He was as innocent as they come. And still he was crucified in a way that was, was barbaric, if you like. And the night before he was betrayed, you can imagine it, put yourself in, the, in, 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 his, in his shoes, if you like, that on the night he knew he was going to be betrayed, he knew what was coming, the, the very fact that he was going to be betrayed was one thing, but the, the pain and the, the anguish that was, was coming upon him, he knew what was coming. And the Bible describes that this, this was so intense that when he was praying that he, he, was, he was sweating drops of blood, so was the stress within his body. Now, I've never done that, but I do know what it feels like to be worried about stuff. But to actually know what's coming must be a whole different ball game. That pressure that would have been on him, he knew about it, and still he went about his life before that loving and serving and teaching and, and wanting to show us how we should be living our lives. Still, even knowing all this, he, he went about showing the love that he came to show. And he was betrayed. I would, have been, I would have been a rubbish Jesus, if I'm honest with you. I would have been absolutely rubbish. I've been freaking out big time. You know, I, I'm rubbish at, at hospital appointments. I don't like medical stuff. And if there's something wrong with me, it, it sort of plays in your mind and you go to the, the end, the worst scenario in, in, in what have you. I remember I went to a hospital um, one time for a consultancy. They had to check out my vocal cords it was something that um you know from singing I, I was noticing that my voice was tone was changing or, or something along those lines anyways I went with Helen back in the day remember when you could take your partner to the, the hospital I went went to hospital with Helen she waited out in the waiting room and I went in to see the doctor and he says right okay what we're going to do is we're going to look at your your cords we're going to stick a little camera down and have a look I thought great that's fine well it's not great but okay that's okay maybe he'll book an appointment and we'll come back and and we'll do it some other time well, then he wheels this camera over here. And I was like, whoa, 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 hang on a minute. You're doing this now? So he, I, I, within about four seconds, I, I walked across the room to the, to the door. And I was like, Helen, Helen, can you, can you come in here? He wants to stick a camera down. Helen had to come and hold my hand <laughs> while this guy stuck a camera up my nose. I am the biggest pansy. And I didn't even know that that was going to happen. So what I'm trying to say is that for Jesus to go through what he did, he knew what was coming. And still he went through it. Without, the Bible talks about it, without even a whimper, he was led to the, like a lamb to the slaughter. Phenomenal. When we think about that, I would have not just gone off to find a place to pray alone and say, see you later, lads, I'm just going off to pray on my own. I would have been off to find a hiding place somewhere. And, the, and they wouldn't have found me. They would not have found me if I knew it was coming. But this is the Jesus that we love. This is the Jesus that we serve. And the story doesn't end with his death. His death isn't the end because he didn't just die and take our sin to the cross. He triumphed over the grave, you know. He triumphed over the grave. Victory was his. He brought in this hope. He brought in this peace that we all get to enjoy if we, if we step into that. Hope 
and peace and victory can be ours. It doesn't matter how much charity work we do, how many credits we think we can achieve by doing good works. That isn't good enough. The amount of times people have said to me, I've done my good stuff, I've got my credit in heaven, so when I get up there, it'll be all okay. No, that doesn't matter. The price, the price is paid for you. Christ has done it for you. The price is there. He's, he's got your ticket on the wall. A one-way ticket, and all you need to do is accept what Christ has done for you and take it. It doesn't matter how much money you've got. It doesn't matter how good you are. That he is only good enough to buy your pardon. There's a famous Christian author, I don't know whether you've heard him, called A.W. Tozer. And he describes or summarizes Jesus like this. He says, The teaching of the New Testament is that now, at this very moment, there is a man in heaven appearing in the presence of God for us. He is as certainly a man as he was, as was Adam or Moses or Paul. He is a man glorified, but his glorification did not dehumanize him. Today, he is a real man of the race of mankind, bearing our lineaments and our dimensions, a visible and audible man whom any other man would instantly recognize as one of us. But more than this, he is the heir of all things, Lord of all lords, head of the church, firstborn of the new creation. He is the way to God, the life of the believer, the hope of Israel, and the high priest of every true worshiper. He holds the keys to death and hell and stands as an advocate and surety for everyone who believes on him in truth. Salvation comes not by accepting the finished work or deciding for Christ. It comes by believing on the Lord Jesus Christ, the whole living, victorious Lord who, as God and man, fought our fight and won it, accepted our debt as his own and paid it, took our sins and died under them, and rose again to set us free. This is the true Christ, and nothing else will do. Nothing else will do. This is the Jesus that we are excited about. This is the Jesus that we want to preach about, that we want to jump up and down about, that we want to sing about. This is who we are about at Arena Church. It's all about Jesus. And I needed to share this with you. I needed to share from the whole kind of in beginnings, in the, from the beginnings of, the, of time to see this whole world that God had created to know that there's a problem with it, not with it because of what he did, but there's a problem with it because of what we did. And because of that, Christ had to enter the world, and we need to come to him because he is the only way that we have. And we need to share with the people that we love, the people that we care about, that there is an answer in Christ. You know, there's so many different worlds and different uh, cultures and, and, and sort of um, countries around the world, isn't there? It's phenomenal. We have them in here. So many diverse people with different ways about them. I love culture myself. I love to, to get alongside people and just understand a little bit of how they do things. We have a, an African guy at work uh, just understanding, you know, a little bit of, of his culture, how he reacts to certain things. is, is quite interesting. I find that sort of thing interesting. I don't know why that is. Maybe it's just because of my, my upbringing in being raised in really a multicultural sort of society um, in, in how I was raised. And uh, we won't go into that now, but I find it so, so interesting. But yes, the world is teeming with life. 
full of all this cool stuff and cool scenery, but more importantly, it's full of us. It's full of people. And no matter how uh, amazing we think we are as humans, no matter how great we think we we are, there's, there's nothing that can fill this gap created by sin. There's nothing that can, that can cross that or bridge that gap that, that sin has created between us and God. Nothing other than who Jesus is. But what's that got to do with This Is Us series? What's that got to do with it all, you know? We have this great world that we live in, and in a grand scale, it's such a beautiful place. It's amazing, but, but where is our world? How do we apply this to our world? Well, it starts with our neighbors. It starts with our friends. It starts with our colleagues, our classmates, our families. It starts with the people we don't even like. The amount of time I hear, well, Ben, I'm going to bring you up, mate. You get this all the time. But, but Ben will say about how many, uh, well, not how many, but certain teachers or lecturers at school do his head in. Do my head in. They do. He's not from Yorkshire. But they're the sort of people that you need to be shining a light to. You need to be given an example of Jesus, not because the teachers need it more than anybody else. What I'm saying is it's the people we don't really uh, you know, draw close to or, or, or particularly want to speak to. It's everybody in our, our sphere of life that is, is legible, if you like, to know about this Jesus. There isn't anybody that walks the face of this earth that doesn't deserve to hear about Jesus. He is worth knowing about. And it's a chance for us to show who Christ is through our actions, our works, our time, our inconvenience, as we learned last week. That's what this is all about. That's what this church is all about, that we are to go, to grow, to love and serve our world. We've been hearing about it over this last while, haven't we? But what do we do about that? How do we do about, what do we do about this is us in, in our world? Well, the first thing is to go. And we learned, we've learned that it's, a, it's an action world. It's a word even. It's a word that means we have to do something. The easy thing is to stay in the comfort zone, isn't it? Within the constraints of this, these four walls, if you like. And it's easy in here because we're all in the same sort of boat in terms of what we're here to do. We're all here to to hopefully, you know, we're here to worship Jesus. We're here to learn a little bit more about him. We can sing together, pray together, because it's a safe environment. But going out of these walls is a little bit different. But we have to go. Who remembers sports day? Do you remember sports day? I'm, I'm talking about sports day when winning was a thing. Yeah? Not everybody gets a prize to take your part. No, that's not what sports day is about. That's not what any sport's about. I had a football manager that says, don't worry, lad, it's not about the winning. It's about taking part. No, it's not, mate. It's about the winning. It's about winning. If it's, not, if it's not about winning, what's the point? What's the point? Sports day, I wasn't the best at the sprints because I was brilliant off the first 10 yards, but they'd actually catch me up because everybody else was a little bit taller than me. And these big, long legs come flying, you know, flying past. And, and I'd be left in the dust. But when it came to the three-legged race... Woohoo! This is where I came into, I mean, obviously there's two of us, but that's where I came into my element. You tie your leg together with a skipping rope. Did anybody else do a three-legged race? Was it just our school? This is the ties with a skipping rope. 
and the, the word that you needed to hear was go, right? Go. And me and, me and Bros, we, I mean, Bros flipping out. Me, we, we'd be off, boof, like a bullet, first 10 yards, but we kept it going. We were in sync, harmony as we like, we belted down. <laughs> You know, we, had, we were both the same size, so we were like smashing it. Everybody else tri- uh, tripping all over the shop. We were phenomenal. But go is an action word, isn't it? We have to go. And it means that we need to do something. From, so from Arena's perspective, we've gone out into our community. We've planted campuses in and around the M1 corridor. You only have to look at, at Belper and Nottingham and Mansfield and the hub just around the corner here. And, and did I say Belper? And uh, if you go down, even further down the M1, around the M25, down to Dover, across the channel and, and down past Paris, down the A20, I think it is, you'll eventually get into this big city called Toulouse. We've even got a place we've planted down there. It's amazing. But that's a go example. We've gone out. We've planted places that we believe are going to be places that will flourish because Jesus and God is moving in them and we want to draw people into his presence that they would have this personal relationship with him and then there's expressions of arena yeah there's things like we have have we have obviously the project up in town near the hope charity shop we've got like furniture workshops and care for a coffee and 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 and, uh, assisted living and and all this sort of stuff that we do there's loads more but all this is all part of of what the bigger picture is is who Jesus is we want to show who Jesus is and all that we do. The easy option is to stay in our comfort zone. I grew up as a, in, in a missionary uh, family. I may have said, you may have heard that before. Uh, and I was surrounded by this, this, this verse, this passage, Matthew 28, verse 19 and 20. It was always all over the walls. And it says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all commands I have given you, and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Go into all the world. And that's what we need to be doing. The misconception is going into all the world means we have to pack up everything and go into the deepest jungles and find the tribes that haven't been reached. Yes, that's important and needs to be done. But yes, it's also important that going means that we step out our front door and we're already entered our own mission field. We've already stepped into a position of where we can share the gospel in and around our colleagues. Are we bold enough? Are we strong enough? Are we courageous enough to do and take the chances that we have? That's the the challenge that, that this means, this go word means. This is what it gives us. Go. It's an action word. And then we have to grow as well. We've learned about what growing means. In 2 Peter uh, chapter 3, and verse 17 to 18, it says, Therefore, dear friends, since you have been forewarned, be on your guard so that you may not be carried away by the error of the lawless and fall away from your secure position. But what? Grow. Grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This isn't talking about a physical growth. (laughs) If it is, I'm stuffed. Or I haven't been that good. It's not a physical growth. It's a spiritual growth. It's something we have a responsibility to do. To grow in his word. To grow in the knowledge of who he is. You know, I like a good bit of steak. 
If you're a vegetarian, sorry, it's too bad. But I like a bit of meat. But meat is good for you. And it's even better for you if you put it in with a bit of exercise, isn't it? You know, you get a bit buff like, you know, me, really. <laughs> and and, and that, that's, that's, how it, that's how it works. Meat is important to, okay, to my diet. And again, I'm not hitting at the vegetarians. But uh, meat is important to a diet if, if you're to build a lot of strength. And there's meat in this book as well. And that's what God is calling us to do, that we would grow in the knowledge of his word. Because his word is alive, and it is well, and it will, it will help you, it will build you, it will guide you. It will help you stand strong in the times of, of need as it sinks and matures into the depths of your, of your heart. We were introduced to, uh, to uh, Josiah Jonathan last week, weren't we? You know, Christian did his oh, Lion King thing. And, and, but a baby can't just rely on milk the whole time, can it? Because milk is good to, to start off, but, but solids need to be introduced so the baby won't grow properly. Sort of proper nutrition, or the baby won't grow into a fine young man that he will become. He needs this, this, this nutrition that can come as, as we take this from a spiritual point of view. We need the nutrition from the scriptures to build into our lives, to build us up so that we will be strong in our faith. And that's what we need to be doing is growing. Colossians 2 verse 7 says this. It says, and I'm going to paraphrase, it says, let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught. And you will overflow with thankfulness. Our roots need to grow down. Because when storms come, and they will come, things happen in life. We know we've all seen or, or, or aware of something that has happened in our lives that have been, you know, sad or just, um, just discouraging or, or whatever it will be, you know, devastating. But if our roots are down... We, 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 won't, we won't move from the faith we have. We recognize that God is with us, that he will take us through, that the peace he has and promises will be upon us. That's what this root is, talk, is talking about, that we would remain firm in our faith. But we also need to grow as a church. That's why we meet here every Sunday. That's why we have First Tuesdays. That's why we have leadership tracks and Bible schools, small groups, we have the Arena Ministry School that's led, of course, by teaching Pastor Phil Pye. That's why we meet together on Upper Room to pray together. It's all part of growing together. We're growing together as a church, and we want you to grow. It's so important that we grow in our faith. You know, we've been in, through a real tough time as late, haven't we, as, a, as churches through this whole pandemic. Churches have been decimated leaderships have, have, have really struggled to, to sort of guide through. And, and I'm thankful that we have a leadership in, in the life of Arena that has, has, has guided us through this whole thing pretty much magnificently, really, because it's been phenomenal to see how we've, we've stuck together as a church. We've met online as a church, and we're still growing as a church. Even though we weren't here, we were still growing. It's, it's been amazing. But God is bigger than a pandemic, and, and the devil couldn't wipe that out. Because he says in Matthew 16, verse 18, I will build my church and the gates of hell won't prevail against it. Will not prevent, uh, prevail against it. The Bible talks about us stretching our cords and our tents. Like, in a, like in, a, in a field, if you picture a tent in a field. 
and an empty field. It's okay, it has an impact maybe in its immediate surroundings, but if you take a, uh, if you picture Glastonbury, if you're familiar with that, and all those thousands of tents, and you think about the different campuses that we could plant as tents in and around everywhere, the impact that that has on the, the surrounding communities, the surrounding towns, the surrounding cities could be phenomenal for the growth of the kingdom of God. And that's what we want to be doing. That's what Arena is about. That we step out in and around our communities, in and around our towns and cities. And then we need to go and love our world. There's a famous passage um, from 1 Corinthians. And I'm not going to go into it actually because of time. But it talks about love. And we, we hear a lot about it in, in the weddings, don't we? It's all the nice lovey-dovey stuff about how love is patient and kind and things. And... And what it's saying at the beginning of, of, of that passage, it talks like if you're speaking in tongues of men and angels, but, but don't have love. It's just like, a, like a, a resounding gong or a clashing cymbal. It's talking about saying that there's not love in, in our lives, not love in how we, we act and, and are with one another, that, that it's just a noise. It's just another noise out there. You know, we, we don't want to be a noise. We want to include this love that Jesus has shown in everything that we do. A love that is not a romantic love, but a love that just shows that there is care and that there is just opportunity and there is hope for people around us and in, in and through who we meet. And that passage in 1 Corinthians finishes off by affirming this. It says, now these three things remain, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. Love is so important in our walk with Jesus. Love is so important in our, our, our life as Arena Church. Because if that's not the main, one of the main ingredients of it, then, then it is all just like another, another club, another get-together of people doing stuff. If we haven't got the love of Jesus in this, then it's just another good time that we're having and it doesn't really have a lot of, a lot of depth to it. And we need to serve in our world. First Peter 4 Verse 10 says this, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its varied form. You know, if you've been through growth track, and if you haven't, I encourage you to do that. We go through four steps, and steps three and four talk about specifically your purpose and making a difference. We're all created differently. We're all gifted differently. There isn't one person in here that is the same. We might have similar traits we might have similar things about us that we can maybe see in each other, but there isn't one that is, same, that is the same. It could be that you are hospitable by, by, by gifting, or you might be evangelistic. You might want to go out and you can't help sharing Jesus. You know, I envy those sort of people who can bring up the gospel in, you know, they've just been talking about, um, I don't know, a wood louse. I don't know, I just made that up. But, and, and suddenly the gospel's just come into the, the conversation. How, they, how did you do that? It's phenomenal to see these people. It's an evangelistic gifting. You might be pastoral or missional. Maybe your heart is mission and to get out into the big wide world. Because we can just walk. We don't just walk out our front door into the world. We do, but there is places we have to travel to. Because every tribe needs to hear, every tongue needs to hear who Christ is and that he is the victory, that he is the way. The Bible says he's the way, the truth, and the life. If he isn't the way, if he isn't the truth, it's a lie, this is all lies, and what are we doing? But he is, we believe it, he is the way, the truth, and the life, and nothing else will do. 
You can serve on dream teams. We have many dream teams here that, that step out into the community, step out into the life of church too, step out doing things for Christ. It may not be that we're preaching the gospel and those things, but we're showing who Jesus is, who he is through our, through our ways, through our life, through our actions, through our facial expressions. My mom would say that you can't tell what I'm thinking because if I look at her when I'm speaking, like from a preach point of view, her face would tell me that she's not enjoying it. Just like a grumpy face. I hope she doesn't listen to this. But she was like, a, like, and I'd say, mom, that's just, your face tells a thousand stories. She said, no, it's not the way I feel. But it, it actually, your, 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 your demeanor actually does show who you are, you know? If I was to give you a present, your face wouldn't be grumpy, would it? You know, if I was to tell you something like a funny joke, it wouldn't be grumpy. It's, it shows who you are. And if, if there's Jesus in here, if he's alive and well in your soul, then there's something about you that shows a light of who he is in and amongst the people you're with. And that's what we are as a church. I hope we are as a church. I know you're all, you know, you know full on 100% out there, bold and courageous, taking every opportunity. I know you are because we're Arena Church and that's what we do. I'm not... You know, I'm, I'm joking there, but, but we are a church that, that want to take ground for the kingdom of God. We want to take people. I take people. sounds like under duress, doesn't it? We don't want to take them, but we want, to, we want to encourage them in a way so that they will come into this knowledge of who Christ is. We want to go, grow, love, and serve our world. This.